Hello, everybody. I'm Michael Rock. And I'm Brendan Collins, and welcome, Ball Stars, one and all, to another episode of the Balls Over the Top podcast. We are very excited because we have a ton of great sports news to get into this week. And we're going to jump right into things because there's some off-season stuff going on. There's some other things right in the thick of it. It's a full show. We're going to jump right into it, and we're going to start with Premier League soccer. And we had an interesting match day, 28 this past week. Some exciting games, some a little bit more boring games. But I tell you, the one that I want to start with is the absolute shelling when Leicester put up the 5-0 burger on Sheffield United. Iheanacho netting himself a hat trick. Jamie Vardy gets his 100th goal created at over 30 years old, which is not super common. You know, a little bit of a late bloomer, yeah. Jamie I mean, Vardy. He's the sixth player in Premier League history to do so. Exactly. So it goes to show it's not common for players to kind of have that blossoming that late in their careers. And you know, Jamie Vardy really is spectacular and not showing any signs of slowing down. Still no. has that appetite for the goal. Yeah. Puts himself in the right spot. Kind of reads the play before it happens. Yeah. Knows his timing to a T. And manages to do so both for club and country. So exciting there. Congratulations to Jamie Vardy. And a big win for Leicester, who had been kind of tumbling down the table of late. This is a big win to keep their top four hopes alive. A couple other teams in the top four that have some varying results, though. And I guess it's now as good a time as any to talk about my team, Chelsea, who had a, I'd say, disappointing result this past week, finishing nil-nil against Leeds, not getting a result against a team that they really should beat, especially given the form they've been in of late. And I tell you, it leaves me not that inspired coming into their big Champions League return fixture against Atletico Madrid tomorrow. While that's true, it does extend Thomas Tuchel's unbeaten streak, which is an impressive feat, especially considering the volume of matches that Chelsea's had to play. Yeah, absolutely. You got to give credit where credit's due. Tuchel's come in and stabilized a ship that was otherwise taking on a lot of water, but... You still would like to see them get the points against a newly promoted lead side that's been hovering around that mid-lower mid part of the table. Is Kepa Spanish for lots of water? Might be. Elsewhere, we see Man City come back to their steamrolling form, getting the 3-0 away result at Fulham. Getting goals from the back line at Stone scores and... Gabriel Jesus and Sergio Aguero also net their goals. This is coming off the heels of Player of the Month wins for both a manager and a member of the club. Pep Guardiola wins Manager of the Month, and Ilkay Gundogan, the midfielder, with an excellent month of February, gets the Player of the Month nod. Yeah, you gotta give credit there, Ilkay having a huge month, Manchester City having a huge season, And despite the slip-up against United last week, not really showing any signs of giving up that title chase that they are on right now. They're nine points clear at the moment, so... We did see Everton drop another match where that side has been really the definition of inconsistency this season. They fell 2-1 to against Burnley. And we did see, though, a wonder goal in this one. Dwight McNeil... 
delivering one of the goals of the season. Absolutely. I mean, truly phenomenal. The attacking midfielder gets a gets a fake shot type step over, cuts the defender, gets in behind, and an incredible curling left-footed shot to beat Jordan Pickford on an absolutely unsavable shot on goal. Incredible to watch. But that wasn't the only great goal we had this weekend because in the Arsenal Spurs Derby, we saw Eric Lamella hit a Rabona. Yeah, pretty remarkable. Lamella, always a player who doesn't do it week in, week out, but at any point seems capable of producing just magic. Did it here. Truly astonishing goal there with the Rabona. We love to see it. Yeah, he comes in for relief of Huangman's son, who goes down with uh, a tweak in the hamstring. And it doesn't end well for those Spurs. Despite the wondrous goal, they fall to Arsenal 2-1. to one. Lamella later gets red-carded. But Arsenal does it without Aubameyang. Aubameyang was benched for disciplinary reasons, and they get it done off the heels of the Lacazette penalty. Yeah, really a big result for the Arsenal side. Surprised to see the skipper, Aubameyang, on the bench. Usually you want to see him setting the example for what to do right, not what to do wrong. But they still managed to get the big win against the other top six side, and really surprised to see Mourinho's side give this one up. I was expecting them to be able to squeak out the win. But... A side that was able to squeak out the win, Manchester United managed to net a 1-0 victory against West Ham. These are two sides that have been red hot of late. United continues their hot form, and if any team is going to catch City, I think it's their crosstown rivals. But the game that I think ends up becoming the biggest focus point of this weekend would probably be the Liverpool Wolves game, and it's unfortunately not for the right reasons. No. The game at the very end entering stoppage time, had a really ugly collision. Wolves goalkeeper Rui Patricio gets a brutal head injury. Yeah, colliding with his own center back, Cody. Reminding us a lot of the Raul Jimenez injury that we saw not long ago. Yeah. Wolves kind of having to live the same nightmare over, but a stoppage that is unsettling in itself. It would be difficult to come back from that stoppage as a professional athlete regardless of the circumstances, but knowing that one of your teammates, especially Rui Patricio, a keeper who plays day in and day out, could have really long-lasting health implications from this. Yeah. Really tough situation. I mean, carted off, you know, not very responsive. Wearing, yeah. wearing the mask, like, it was, it was a... Ordeal. Exactly, and so it's a really tough situation for anybody, and you got to give credit to Nuno Espirito Santo for his leadership and ability to keep his players focused. They actually almost netted an equalizer at the very end of the game, but they do fall 1-0 in the scoreline. Best wishes go out to Rui Patricio. Hopefully he recovers soon. We always love seeing him between the pipes week in and week out. Well, we can take it over to Germany where Bundesliga match day 25 action was happening, and we're going to start it off with a absolute thrashing again, a 5 to nil result Wolfsburg puts five past Schalke Mustafi for Schalke gets the own goal to open up the scoring and four goals from four different Wolfsburg players it was spread around Weghorst again getting a goal keeping up his top of the goal scoring in the Bundesliga to in the top four but then we move on and Werder Bremen 
who's been very hot of late, and Josh Sargent has been on a roll. He was scoring three goals in three past games. Doesn't do enough against the league Giants Bayern as Bayern gets the 3-1 result. And right now, they're sitting with 58 points, four points clear of Red Bull Leipzig. Exactly. It's going to be a really tight end of the season here. We love to see it, especially in a league where the talent isn't always necessarily evenly distributed. But unfortunately, Leipzig gave them a little bit more breathing room than you would have liked. Leipzig ends up with a 1-1 to draw against Eintracht Frankfurt this past weekend, missing out on their opportunity. Had they gotten the win, their destiny would still be in their own hands. They do still have a big matchup against Bayern Munich to come in the remaining handful of fixtures this season. And so had they not dropped those points... They wouldn't have been in a position where if they win out, they are crowned champions. Now, they will need to rely on Bayern to drop points elsewhere if they want any chance at claiming the title for themselves. Well, speaking of title races and really just top positioning, Dortmund gets a result against Hertha in which we see Julian Brandt and Mukoko score two goals for the 2-0 victory. This coming off the heels of Mukoko getting the call-up for the German under-23 competition. So best of luck to him in that. And really, the upset of the weekend came from near the bottom of the table and near the top of the table. Bayer Leverkusen just really shocked by Bielefeld getting the 2-1 result. And really, Bielefeld had this contest. They scored first, and they stayed on top. Yeah, an impressive upset, to say the least. Leverkusen, a team that really has been just marred with inconsistency this season. Yeah. But speaking of inconsistency, let's stumble our way over to La Liga in Spain, where it has been an absolute mess over there. Teams start just rising and falling like the stock market. It's unbelievable. And with that, we see Real Madrid inching their way closer to that top-of-the-table spot with a 2-1 to one victory over IJFs or CF. Clubfoot. Karim Benzema manages the brace in second half double, and they manage to get away with the points there, which is huge in a very tightly contested league right now. Yeah, but not too toughly contested because Atletico Madrid at the top of the table is really doing nothing. It's a nil-nil result for Atletico Madrid against Catafé. And they couldn't take advantage of a red card in the 70th minute. Exactly. This is a team that really has been stale of late. They had what looked like an insurmountable lead over Barcelona and Madrid. And yet now, Barcelona, real quick, with the 4-1 to victory over Huesca this week, which bottom of the table, that victory was expected. But now falls only four points behind Atletico. Even on games played where for a long time Atletico was carrying that extra match in pocket. It's really going to be a nail-biter as we approach the end of this season. Elsewhere, the last team in the top four kept their pace as Sevilla was able to net a 1-0 victory over Betis. Maintaining where they were at, hopefully... For them, sticking in European football, Sevilla, a team that really has made a name in the Europa League of late, but a team that deserves to be playing in Europe. Yeah, a a near-top Spanish side, and speaking of near-top sides, 
Yusef El-Nezri scores his 14th goal in this competition, and it's his 26th league competition appearance. This really begs the question of where is the 23-year-old Moroccan center forward going next? Reports are linked with West Ham and other English Premier League sides. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where he nets out. Sevilla tends to act like one of those big clubs that simultaneously likes to just feed Feed, other teams. But we're going to make our way over to Italy, and the top of the table, Inter Milan, keep their pace up top with a 2-1 to victory over Torino. Latara Martinez nets the late-game winner in the 85th, and this is a team that it, right now Antonio Conte is getting production from all up and down that roster, and he's got to be happy with it. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to catch them. No, and Rom- Romelu Lukaku sinks another penalty shot. He puts them up at 19 goals on the season, an absolute impressive machine that they've got there. Yeah, trying to compete for that golden boot. But I'll tell you who's just gave themselves a little bit more of a leg up, and that is Juventus' Cristiano Ronaldo, Mm -hmm. as they came away with a 3-1 victory over Caligiri. Ronaldo, netting a hat trick, continues to show why he's one of the greatest of all time. And right now... At the top of the Serie A in goals scored, despite being, what, 35, 36? It's incredible. Elsewhere in the top, we saw Roma drop a shocking result against Parma. They fall 2-0, fall all the way down to 6th in the table, a team that just a few weeks ago seemed destined to finish top 4. But in this Serie A, anything can happen. All of these teams are jumbled up. And that brings us to the last match. Yeah, and that's AC Milan versus Napoli. And AC Milan comes away battered and bruised. They lose the 1-0 result at home with Politano putting away a goal in the 49th minute and Rebic getting red-carded right in the 90th. Yeah, I saw that. He mouthed off to the referee and just got sent off straight red. So I don't know what he said, but it must have... It certainly crossed the line. It was surly enough. But let's take our way over to the little brother of the big leagues in my mind, the Ligue 1 in France. Yeah, it's match day 30, and it was a little bit stale this weekend, I would say. Yeah, and a lot of the top of the table teams coming up a little bit short. Started with Lyon, ends up with a 1-1 to draw against Stade Rem. Really... A result that they would want and need to have, trying to keep up, trying to stay competitive at the top of this table, a league that PSG seems to win year in and year out. You want to try and get the points when you're punching down. Unfortunately, they could not. The match ends one-to-one. Yeah, and they were not doing well for most of that game. They were down till the 90th minute where Timo Calderde Saves them with the 90th minute goal. Elsewhere, we saw the top of the table, Lille, not again take advantage of a great opportunity. They faced off against Monaco. I mean, Monaco's in fourth. Monaco, a very good side, but when you're able to keep them off the score sheet, you want to be coming away with all three points. And again, with how tight this league is, only three points separating Lille and PSG, as well as Lyon, who's tied for second. You want to be getting every point you can and so when the opportunity presents itself for them to have increased their lead to more than one match looking back on it 
you would have loved to have gotten those points. Now, but, talking about the league, you know, superior team, PSG, they renew contract with star winger Angel Di Maria, a, a probably one of the biggest free agents coming up this summer, but he renews his contract to stay with PSG for another couple of years. Was in the match against FC Nantes, but was subbed out in the 30th, 9th minute. Yeah, taken out of the match early. At first you would be pretty confused as to why, but the story that came out is actually pretty insane. Yeah, his family was being robbed at gunpoint in their home while he was at the match. I guess people knew when the opportunity was to strike and they went after it. It is, uh, fortunately, nobody was hurt in the incident, but crazy that this kind of thing happens. It's good that his coach was understanding also. Yeah, it's it's good to be flexible. I mean, like, you know, you question what's he going to be able to do in the moment, but uh, PSG does go on to lose that one, though, 2-1, to and slip up as they're trying to gain points to climb back on top of the table. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they pull this one out. I have an inclination that they will, but... Because they're PSG. Exactly, but you never know. Let's make our way over to stateside here in the MLS. And we have a little bit of transfer news to talk about. Yeah, the LA Galaxy signed Samuel Grenzer from Monaco, the aforementioned French club. He's a, he's a pretty impressive young attacking winger. Uh, he's a French international, and he's got 23 goals created. It is 131 appearances in League One and Champs League. Some pretty, pretty nice results from the outside player. So we'll yeah, see what he can do here. There, we'll see how he fits into the system. Speaking of new systems, oh yeah, there's an entirely new system sprouting on April 17th, and that's because Austin FC, partially headed by film star. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. They're going to debut for the very first time, which wasn't as sure of a thing considering the gray cloud that has been COVID-19 kind of hanging over this upcoming league year. But they finally set it in stone. Team debuting on the 17th of April against LAFC. Very exciting. I imagine super exciting for the Austin market who really do crave sports. And just and, got a whole population swelling up down there. Exactly, and it's obviously exciting for the MLS adding a new franchise. Yeah, well, not exciting quite for the MLS, but exciting for the U.S. men's national team. Eunice Mensa, a young wonderkin who has been displaying his talents in Spain, has declared himself to play for the U.S. men's national team over his other possible choice, the English national team. Yeah, he had England, and then he had one other one I'm forgetting. I believe it might have been Haiti or something. I know he was born in, New or York. it might have been Jamaican. Uh, he was born in New York to, I believe, one British parent, and then I believe the other parent was either Jamaican or Haitian. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to be... I just ignorant. don't, yeah, no, just, I just yeah, don't, I don't remember. remember. But don't, We don't do research on the show. No, we just kind of ballpark it. But very exciting. He is an immense talent. Obviously plays in Spain right now. Hopefully he'll be able to bring some much-needed creativity and physical presence to this men's national side for many years to come. Yeah, it's getting. I mean, it's getting exciting rather quickly. 
seeing all the Americans in Europe playing so well. But let's take it to the hardwood. We've got NBA news to talk about, and we can really kick it off with Myers Leonard. He's got two last names. Or he's got it switched up. He's got a last name and then a first name. Yeah, the Heat Center got himself in hot water for using some names of his own that he shouldn't have. In the middle of a live stream playing Call of Duty Warzone, mm-hmm. he screamed some anti-Semitic slurs that are disparaging he, the of the... The one that everybody knows not to say. Disparaging of the Jewish community, claiming he didn't understand the implications of the word, but it, it, was, it was really a foolish moment yeah like i mean it's like the it's i mean it's the only thing worse than calling somebody a jew yeah pretty much pretty much i mean like just you you don't do it it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry you also don't do it while you're live streaming to the public so i don't know i don't know what's going on there he got suspended one week and he got fined 50k the team is jewish there's all sorts of really hot water that he's been finding himself in and it's deserved he should be educated he should know better yeah if you're using your platform to try and tap into and spread into other markets which is what he was doing by twitch streaming then you should recognize that your platform requires a level of responsibility and accountability and obviously you should never be saying that yeah regardless although credit to uh credit to julian edelman for reaching out and trying to open a dialogue and a conversation about it and try and you know help help stop the spread of of ignorance and getting somebody back on the right track well somebody else who's trying to get on the right track is former all nba forward lamarcus aldrich the forward slash center and the San Antonio Spurs mutually agreed to part ways this week after Aldridge has missed big portions of the season due to lingering health issues, and it seems like there was just a kind of difference in direction, the team kind of opting more for a rebuild. Aldridge, in the waning years of his career, hoping to be competitive, maybe join a roster that needs some help, and is trying to make a push for a playoff run. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. A handful of teams, I imagine, could use his help. A lot of teams need the size and scoring that Aldridge brings, and I think he's got a little bit left in the tank. Oh, yeah. I think he could definitely go to a contender and and make some noise. It'll be interesting to see where he winds up. Somebody who knows where they're going to wind up, because it's a trade, is... Oklahoma City Thunder's Hamadou Diallo is going to Detroit. Yeah, a big move, kind of kicking off this trade deadline season. Diallo, solid contributor for the Thunder. But these are two guys whose contracts are expiring, who are both relatively disgruntled. Curious to see if they end up re-signing or still test the waters in free agency. But we have some good news to talk about, and that is... Karis Levert, who was traded as part of the James Harden deal, remember had a mass found on his kidney, was cancerous, became a not even career-threatening but life-threatening situation. Fortunately, got it removed, went through treatment and recovery, and was able to make his debut this past week. A very exciting time for him. Yeah, the young talent. I mean, just to be able to get back... 
in the NBA in the same season. You know, you, you deal with getting traded. That how that, that uproots a player's life, and then you also find out you have a mass on your kidney. You Plus, know. I mean, ooh, getting traded from Brooklyn to Indian Indiana. Well, ooh, well, that move. Uh, I don't. This year, I don't know. Sounds like sounds like the track record. For well, not to mention, as he pointed out, you know, this trade may have saved his life. Absolutely. So, big shouts out to Karis Levert. Good luck on his, this now starting of the first chapter of his career in Indiana with the Pacers. But with the good news, we now have to turn to some bad news, and that is there was some pretty significant carnage in the NBA this week. We saw injuries all over the place, and including in our hometown here in Philadelphia. A couple of big men, Joel Embiid gets a knee injury, bone bruise, hyperextension, looked like it was way worse in the moment. He's going to be sidelined at least two weeks, but it could be longer. I think it depends on how seriously he thinks he could still push for that MVP. Will be dictating his urge to come back. And then Anthony Davis going to miss at least an additional two weeks following the three to five weeks initial diagnosis he was originally given. With that heel injury? Yeah, really kind of... Growing speculation that it's more likely a Achilles issue than it is a bone or muscular issue. So always got to be careful with that. We do not want a repeat of the Kevin Durant incident. But we saw some injuries elsewhere as well. Some non-big men. Marvin Bagley's a forward at least. Yeah, but Marvin Bagley for the Sacramento Kings... He's going to be out a little bit with a broken hand. Yeah, a pretty Ouch. surprising injury. You never like to see that. Hopefully a quick recovery. That's got to be brutal trying to rehab and play basketball. And then lastly, Jared Dudley tears his MCL. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Brutal injury there. Yeah, especially with his age too. Exactly. You never like to see that. Obviously we hope he is able to have a smooth recovery speedy recovery so we can go out on his own terms absolutely but we are going to move from the hardwood to the ice and that is because the nhl is still in full effect right now and i would say it's heating up yeah um but we're going to start with just a little bit of sad news uh it's coming out of russia dynamo st petersburg defenseman timor vedzunetsov has tragically passed away. He was injured a couple of games ago after taking a slap shot to the head. He passed away at the age of 19, and the hockey community grieves for him and his family and the family of Dynamo St. Petersburg. Yeah, really a sad situation. Never like to hear about this in any sport. These are athletes putting their lives and well-beings at risk, and I feel like as spectators, we often take that for granted. So we hope that his family and the entire KHL are able to process this appropriately and honor him in a way that they are satisfied with, but hopefully maybe also improve some safety regulations, maybe add some 
protocols there or you know yeah. we saw new helmet design you we know. saw ambulances become a regular thing at all premier league games after some of the gruesome head injuries in the early 2000s and so maybe there becomes new protocol here i don't know but obviously best wishes go out to them and and really a unfortunate occurrence but we can get back to the NHL, and there was a really big development off the ice this week. Yep, and in more tragic news, <laughs> the NHL is back on ESPN. You know, I got to say I have a little bit of faith it'll be done right, especially with we uh, the news coming out, NBC Sports probably shutting down in the next couple of years, NBC's possibly shutting that down. And so ESPN picking up seeing this opportunity and jumping on it. They said it's going to be very streaming-centric, which I think is reasonable, has eyes toward the future, understanding that cable cutting has been a very big thing and only getting bigger. And I imagine ESPN Plus and the ESPN app are going to be getting used quite a bit more these coming years. The deal is worth seven years, $28 $28 billion. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's that Mickey Mouse money. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the cap implications of this and how teams are getting pieces of the pie. Not quite a piece of pie, but definitely putting your name in some record books. It's Alexander Ovechkin, and he ties Phil Esposito six all-time in goals. How high do you think he can go? Number one. Really? I think he's passing Wayne Gretzky for the most goals scored in NHL history. It would be quite the feat, and it's still realistically possible. I mean, as we know, Russian machine never break. And he's showing no signs of slowing down. Even in this shortened season, he's on pace for, what, 30-plus goals? I mean, it's pretty remarkable. He's got one of the best shots in the game, and it's not going anywhere. No. Speaking of not going anywhere, it's Daryl Suter, and he's back on the bench this time for the calgary flames replacing jeff ward yeah that's not that shocking he's goes along with the light fixtures at this point just seems like daryl Suter is everywhere you look in the nhl he's always going to be there maybe a different role maybe with a different team but he's still there yeah he's somewhere in hockey he is unavoidable oh and we could talk about unavoidable because man we had some brutal fights in hockey this week absolute stone cold People knocked out on their skates. And Juhar Kiara of the Oilers got lit up, knocked out, staring into space by the Flames. I think he's a forward, Brett Ritchie. And it's coming off the heels of another massive fight. It was between Barclay Kudrow knocking out Detroit's Adam Ernie. And you got to say, I know they're trying to transition fights out of the game and i like a good scrap when both guys are you know switching them off and burn off a little steam but man these knockouts were brutal this week yeah definitely some stone hands come into play in the nhl and you look it up i mean these ko's maybe aren't the place to start this conversation but there really is not a crazy track record of injuries being linked to on-ice fights you're way more likely to get hurt getting slammed into the boards than you are dropping the gloves and so i'm all for it 
obviously I do like the shift of the last 20 years and making it so you're not getting five, six fights a game. Mm-hmm. But I think when the timing calls for it, it's appropriate and it's entertaining. Yeah, a fight in every five or six games is, is kind of where I'm at with it. Well, let's take it to the you know the stuff that doesn't really fit in any other category. It's our oddball stuff. Exactly, and we need to start out giving our condolences yet again this episode as Marvin Hagler passed away this week, the all-time great. Yeah. I mean, he's got 11 title defenses with that heavyweight belt, the marvelous Marvin Hagler. Just be remembered as one of the greatest all-time champs. I mean, in the Hall of Fame, you know, first ballot, easy. Uh, Held on to the title for, I want to say, 11, 12 years. Just a really impressive boxer. And throwing a little salt in the wound is an old enemy, an uh, an old foe in this case. Tommy Hearns. Started to spurn a rumor. It was from complications from the COVID-19 vaccine. Obviously, Marvin Hagler was a big proponent of, you know, uh, the message of getting getting the vaccine out. It's been confirmed that that was not true. It was confirmed by Marvin Hagler's wife. So, you heard it here, folks. It's nonsense. You can drop it. Get you heard on. it here, folks. People suck. Yeah. Well, speaking of people who suck. Announcer Matt Rowan, who was pretty much a nobody, and is now going to have the worst reason to be known out of pretty much anybody, was an announcer for a company that third-party service that would broadcast and produce sporting events for high school students in Oklahoma. And they were broadcasting a girls' high school basketball game online when one of the teams decided to demonstrate peacefully by kneeling during the national anthem, at which point Matt Rowan, on his hot mic, called the team a bunch of N-words. and A bunch of flippin' yes, N-words. Is if that wasn't bad enough when facing repercussions and the backlash from his comments, decided to justify it by saying that he's diabetic and it was because of low blood sugar levels. Okay. Now, listen. Yeah, here's our breakdown. I don't want to disparage people with diabetes in any way. No, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very rough disease. Requires but a that lot doesn't of... make you an ignorant piece of shit. No. Also, it was the beginning of the game. Yes. He was arguing that his blood sugar was spiking and his composure deteriorating before his very eyes and yet it was pre-game he he didn't even need to be on the micro he could have stepped away from the microphone at that point even yeah to deal with the hypothetical problem i'm not going to say problem because i think he's making that up and again doesn't want to take responsibility for his actions yeah but truly a disgusting human being no place for him in the sports world I am glad he lost his job, they lost their contract, and he should never work again in the industry. No. I, I would say at period, but I, I don't know if that's how the world works. I but, don't know. You know. People got to eat, but also maybe not be a jerk on a broadcast. And yeah, I mean, it's the very beginning of the game. You got to get your stuff together. If you're diabetic, you should know that you got to eat regularly and keep monitoring your blood sugar level. That's how that disease works. But... 
We're going to go from one terrible person right to another. Yeah, my hometown in the news, baby. Chalfont strikes again with a Chalfont woman allegedly making deepfakes of teenagers to kick rivals off the daughter's cheer squad. Yeah, this is a pretty outrageous story. She allegedly made pretty high-quality fake photographs featuring the teenage girl's smoking, drinking, or engaging in sexual acts with nudity, and yet all of it totally fabricated to try and give her daughter a better chance on the cheer squad. Really mind-boggling. I mean, where it shows these parents would do crazy things, including potentially ruining the future of other individuals for something as dumb and pointless as high school sport. I don't even know where to go with this. Yeah, I mean it it's it's just crazy, man. It's it's the it's a crazy world we live in. People people doing a whole bunch of nonsense. But we can get back to some slightly more sports related news, and that is Justin Thompson won the players TCP at Sawgrass. Big win, big tournament. Yeah, he's had a rough couple of months so far. Back in January, he was caught on a microphone. After he missed a five-foot putt, he dropped a gay slur. Then, in February, he lost his grandfather. And then his friend Tiger Woods was in a very serious car accident. So he was in a pretty crazy emotional state. But he gets this victory at, at Sawgrass. And hopefully it's it's building towards something better for the guy. Well, and I heard you drop his name, so we do have a little bit of an update on Tiger. He apparently has been moved back to his home in Florida and is doing more rehab and recovery there. So obviously continued well wishes for Tiger Woods as he continues to fight back from that devastating car accident. And I tell you, there's something that might be even more devastating than that car accident that we need to talk about. In this segment, it might be even worse than what that Chalfont woman did, or even Matt Rowan. Yeah, this is this is bottom of the barrel. And that is that we were graced by an ad while watching the Sixers. Was it Sixers? I actually, think it was TNT. I think we were watching. It was, it hey, was we were TNT. watching the Utah Jazz versus Boston, and we saw an ad for Blake Griffin basically playing the role of Ashton Kutcher and Punked. Yeah. But it's normal people. Like, it's a prank show with Blake Griffin. Yeah, but on normal people. Who is neither a comedian. Nope. Nor an actor. No. And he's taking people that we don't care about, we have no vested interest in. No. And trying to orchestrate elaborate practical jokes. Yes. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Well, True TV did. And really, Blake Griffin is so boring. I He's not like he's fun... I would even say. It would I mean, be the fun, coolest like, thing he did was he punched Justin Bieber once. Yeah, and even then, I don't know how impressed I am by an NBA player punching anybody when they're like seven feet tall. And he was on a roast, I think. But even so, like I, I, I don't. It, it's called Double Cross. It comes out this this spring. Don't watch it. Yeah, I'm almost mad that you dropped the name. It it's almost still seems like a plug at this point. But let's make our way over to Major League Baseball, and we have. Some news there as the season's getting ready to ramp up. I mean, we're just two weeks away from the start of baseball season. And the biggest name in sports finally has a reason to watch. Oh, yeah. 
And that's because LeBron James, who maybe I'm a little bit immature saying he's the biggest name in sports, but we're just going to move past that because we could have a whole podcast on that. LeBron became just the late, one of the latest athletes to invest in other sports teams. We saw Aaron Rodgers invest in the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, now LeBron James becomes a part owner of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, he joins the Fenway Sports Group. I mean, this isn't uncommon for LeBron, though. He also owns a share of Blaze Pizza. He also owns a share of Liverpool. Yeah, so obviously a guy who likes to diversify his investments there. Red Sox, one of the most storied franchises in Major League Baseball. And it's good to know that we'll be continuing to see LeBron in the sports world beyond his playing days. Not that I had any doubts. Yep, that's kind of one of the biggest news is news in baseball right now because i mean it's it's spring training baseball so it's typically not interesting but we did see the longest at bat in major league baseball history yeah in spring training here we saw mets shortstop luis guillerme facing off against reliever jordan hicks and they saw 22 pitches during the at bat pretty insane yeah i mean and this is a rough welcome back to major league baseball for jordan hicks he last pitched in 2019 and then was recovering from tommy john surgery so really just throwing yourself right into the fire on that one and to make matters worse after 21 previous pitches his 22nd pitch walks the batter how anticlimactic is that what way to go baseball way you to still go. find a way to make it boring well they're going to be trying some new rule changes to fix just that in the minor leagues and really there's three that we're going to focus on they're putting in a pitch clock they're going to ban the shift by making all three infielders be on the dirt and they're introducing the craziest technology of all the electronic strike zone Oh, nobody wants that. So, we can move on. I realize I did forget one thing, though. Yeah. Back when we were talking about oddball. We do have the NCAA tournament starting up I'm, this I, the, uh, Referees already tested positive for COVID. That thing's a mess. I just want... I don't care about any of it. There's Will Gonzaga go undefeated. Who cares? We'll Dumpster talk about fire. it later. Don't care. There's all sorts of stuff. But I will say that my Drexel Dragons snuck into the tournament... And they're as a 16 seed, baby. I'm rooting for the second all-time 16 over one upset. I'm banking Drexel to upset Illinois. I love it, Gary. Yeah, I mean, you know, put a mortgage out on the house. Yeah. Why not? I don't think it's actually going to happen, but want to give a shout-out to the Drexel Dragons. I used to be in class with, like, half the basketball team, so good for them. Good to see that program back in the tourney after... What, I think a decade? I think last time they were in it was 2006. No, so at least. So big props to them winning their regional tournament and sneaking in. But now we will shift our focus to the NFL, and we had a big week this week. Headlined by a flurry of roster moves, mm-hmm. but most notably is the departure of a player. Drew Brees, all-time quarterback, holding pretty much any record you can hold. Yeah, I mean... Realistically, if there was no Tom Brady, Drew Brees would be unquestionably the GOAT at this point, right? 
Yeah, he had so many 5,000-yard seasons. He did only have the one Super Bowl, but pretty much writing the record book for passing, especially with longevity and accumulation-based stats. He's going to find himself walking right into the Hall of Fame, no questions asked. End of a storied career, and really a storied building up of a New Orleans Saints franchise that, for that, didn't have much of a reason to cheer. Nope, and he is... Not going to be going too far, though, because he's leaving the field and he's just going up to the press box. He signs his deal with NBC and he's going to be part of the broadcast team. So don't worry, Drew Brees fans, he'll still be around. But we are going to make our way toward some of the players who are still playing. And most notably, a lot of movement around the league this week. The team that was most active was the New England Patriots. Oh, who yeah saw them spend more money in free agency in about an hour and a half than they did in the previous five seasons combined. Major additions, like tight ends Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry totally overhauling that position. Defensive additions like Jalen Mills and Matthew Judden, and even adding some more offensive firepower with speedster Nelson Aguilar. I mean, this is a team that suddenly, with the players coming back who sat out last year for COVID, could be super competitive, but their number... One question mark is going to be the fact that they re-signed quarterback Cam Newton on a one-year deal. For $14 million. Worth up to $14 million. I believe it starts at 6 So if he's still the quarterback, there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of concerns. But it does look like Bill Belichick dug deep into his pockets and Rob Kraft's pockets and wanted to make a go for it this year. Yeah, one, two. I mean, the talk had to be, especially with Tom Brady winning that Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick's got to be hungry. He's got some egg on his face, for sure. Speaking of ex-Patriots, the Chiefs just made a big move to sign interior lineman Joe Tooney. They give him the biggest contract for a interior lineman in NFL history. I believe it's like four years, $80 million or something. But yeah. pretty much none of these contracts coming up that we're about to talk about were like Patrick Mahomes, oh my God, game-breaking money. So... With the cap being what it is, and pretty much the realization that the NFL salary cap is all imaginary play money anyway. Yeah, like all, and all this money doesn't can, matter. Any team can do whatever they want to to navigate it and negotiate it. Like, Why even talk figures? Exactly. It's just going to go in one ear and out the other. But Joe Tooney, cashing in, gets a ton of guaranteed money. He's been one of the best centers, guards in football. That's an effort of the Chiefs to try and shore up that offensive line that was... The reason that they lost the Super Bowl. But this does also come on the heels of them cutting both of their starting tackles from this past regular season. So it is a complete rebuild, but Tooney is definitely a great place to start. Elsewhere, we saw the Washington football team bring in journeyman quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. He gets to add, what, I believe it's like 14th team to the roster. Oh, it's got to be. But... He will look to immediately compete for the starting job along with Taylor Heineke and a team that bringing back most of the pieces of that dominant defense and building around that offense could suddenly be division favorites alongside the Cowboys with their newly signed Dak Prescott. We also see defensive players Corey Lindsey going to the Chargers and Shaq Griffin going to Jacksonville. Another big shakeup of key defensive pieces. 
Yeah, some big signings there. Shaq Griffin, after a long, successful run in Seattle, on the move, follows the money to Jacksonville, which is surprising. It's not a place that we normally see. My bad. Corey Lindsay is a center. I I've totally thought he was a defensive lineman. No, he yeah, plays gonna, a center. I was going to say. I mean, I knew, I knew he was a lineman. I thought he was. I thought he was defensive. A, a defensive. Totally... Yeah, defensive tackle. No, he's he's in. He's coming from he's the Packers. Center. Yeah, he's a center. But Shaq Griffin, his long tenure with Seattle comes to the end, follows the money to Jacksonville, a place where we normally don't see free agents going. Wonder if that will Im- indicate a change of that trend. Another defensive star on the move, Yannick Ngakwe, the previous Jacksonville Jaguar, signs with the Baltimore Ravens, adding to their already impressive defensive front but lastly we had two quarterbacks changing teams this week the texans and bears both signed quarterbacks and it's not the stars it's not the guys you were thinking nope the texans sign tyrod taylor whose tenure in los angeles was cut tragically short by a doctor's misplaced injection and the bears get veteran andy dalton to add to other veteran Nick Foles for a weird quarterback room that if you don't add a young guy to will be awkward as hell. Yeah, no, I mean, mostly just conversations about Jesus, I guess. But I believe with this next week coming up, we're going to see a lot more players on the move. A lot of these teams still trying to figure out what they were going to do with the major drop in salary cap. The teams were forced to kind of scramble, get their eggs lined up. We were able to see teams like the Patriots jump at that opportunity, snatch up a bunch of signings. But I believe as teams line up their books, get all their numbers in order, they're going to start coming to terms with a lot of these guys who are looking for jobs because the free agent market is still abundantly full. But I do believe that unfortunately it is that time for us to take our ball. And to go home. Let's hit the showers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Balls Over the Top podcast. As always, you can find us on our socials at at B-O-T-T podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you want to find us on a podcasting site, we're there. Yeah, and if you could, if it's available, depending on your platform, smash that like or subscribe or even just throw the link up. Share it with some friends. We really appreciate it, guys. We do. Thanks. Thanks.